Hello, everybody. Elon here. Wanted to wish all of you a very happy holidays. Normally, this is the week that we take off for the podcast, and the NHL has actually made it quite easy to take the week off because there haven't been any games in a minute. But Brian and I decided that we wanted to still drop something into the feed, and we actually recorded last Tuesday a two-and-a-half-hour patron cast. That's a show we do for the patrons of Keeping Carlson every month where we answer the questions from the patron. We thought we'd give you just a, like a snippet, half-hour of the patron cast that we thought was interesting near the beginning of the show. Uh, if you enjoy it, that's great. And we'll be back at you with some regular content coming soon enough. Uh, but if you really enjoyed and want to hear the rest of the show, you could become a patron of Keeping Carlson at keepingcarlson.com slash patron. It could be a little uh, holiday present for us. And then you can listen to the whole show and all the other content and join our Discord community and all of that fun stuff. So again, that's at keepingcarlson.com slash patron if you want to uh, support the show further. And yeah, as far as that other content, Ben and Lewis are going to be back with a short shifts episode next week. And then Brian and I will be back with another regular episode next Sunday. It looks like we're going to be having hockey next week. I'm recording this intro on Sunday night, and news has just come out that three more games are canceled, but also that all the other games are going to go ahead as scheduled. Here's a little tip for all of you going into your weekly matchups. You probably still have a bunch of players that are IR plus eligible on Yahoo because they're still in the COVID protocol, but some of them might be coming off IR really soon. So what I would recommend is right now, as soon as you listen to this, go and set your lineups for each day of your matchup, moving players in and out of the IR. Like, assuming you have more injured players than you have IR plus spots for, then, like, take all the players who are injured that are not playing on a day, put them into the IR, take all the players who are playing that day, take them out of the IR. I hope you get what I'm saying here, so that you'll be able to maximize the number of games you'll get in the week without even having to do any ad drops, because obviously Yahoo doesn't force you to move those players out of the IR until you want to make a move. So that might be able to set you up until you finally get to the situation where you actually want to add someone out of free agency. So there's a little tip for you. Uh, For more tips, we've got the Patreon cast coming where we answered some questions, like I said. So I hope you enjoy this Patreon cast preview. And I'll uh, touch back in at the end of the show just to say goodbye. Enjoy. All right. So Jeremy's other question was, does Tyson Berry suck? And so he asked that on November 24th. I'm not going to be able to help it. Like, every time I see anyone ask me about Tyson Berry, I think about how I had him and I, like, really rash traded him in Cupful. Like, I was getting nervous, like, a couple weeks in. It's already an old story that I've told on the pod. But, like, you know, I was just like, I don't like the ice time. I'm seeing t- tweets, like, whenever I would search Tyson Berry on Twitter after an Oilers game, it would just be, like, a slew of just tweets. Like, this guy sucks. What a her- terrible mistake to sign him, blah, blah, blah. And I know, like, he gets that power play time. But I was just too nervous. I traded him for Marshall So, who, to be fair, like, Marshall's been better than I expected. And that, like, made this okay but uh still Tyson Berry hasn't been like as I don't know I'm curious to get your thoughts actually Brian like since I've traded him he hasn't been terrible like I was nervous that he could totally fall off and lose like get scratched in games if he hasn't really been getting scratched uh he does have four points in his last five games though overall he just has 17 points in 29 games which is a 48 point pace which is good for most defense and obviously far off of his 70 point pace recently uh, like it's his ice time still is so crazy. Like his last game, he played 22 minutes, and the game before, he played 14 minutes. Like, what? How does this happen? Like, you don't see this with other defensemen in the league just jumping from like it's like first pairing time to third pairing time. So yeah, his last game was great. He had five shots, and before that, he had two games with no no th- shots, but like assists every once in a while. So that's the thing. He's just on the Oilers. He's passing people, and there was a stretch where the Oilers were just cold, and so you don't want to totally blame Barry. Like obviously, no one's expecting him to get points if McDavid and Drysaddle aren't getting so many points. Uh, so. 
curious to get your take now. When this question was asked, he was actually on a really long cold streak. And since then, he's been like a lot better. So in general, like, do you see Tyson Barry as like a 50-point defenseman going forward? I think that's where I'd put him, which makes me still like not totally regretting my trade, but thinking it was probably like something I didn't need to do. I'd probably break even. Yeah, so 50 points is is the pace that Barry's on for right now, right? Uh, over a full season, 48, if we're being uh, really precise and exact. And last year, Barry was on a 70-point pace. So what's the difference here? And the difference is actually not at 5-on-5. Five five. Like, yes, he's, he's lost minutes at 5-on-5, five five, and yet he's shooting a little less at 5-on-5 five five too. So he doesn't look as good at 5-on-5 this year as he did last year. Um, his his on-ice shooting percentage has also dropped uh, by about 1.5%, which is like a substantial drop. So there are a few things making slight dents in Tyson Perry, Barry's 5-on-5 uh, point production, but that's not how Tyson Barry gets the 70 points. Tyson Barry gets the 70 points with crazy power play production, which he's done in Colorado, right? He did that for like uh, three years in Colorado. There was one down year in between all those, but he had three amazing power play years in Colorado. Then he went to, to Toronto and he was kind of sharing the role and like, was he on the top power play? Wasn't he the whole year long? And then he went to Edmonton, 23 power play points in 56 games last season. If I'm just doing the quick math here, live on the air, that's an 82 game pace of 34 power play points, which would have been a career high for Tyson Barry had he been able to play the full 82 games and keep that up. This year, it's a different story, though. This year, Tyson Barry is on pace for less than that. Like he had 23 points in 56 games last season on the power play. This season so far, he's pacing for 17 points in 56 games. And that's uh, like that's only six points over 56 games. But that's also like almost a 10, 11 point difference overall, which is the difference right now between Tyson Berry being a 50 point player and Tyson Berry being a 60 point player. So to me, I'm trying to figure out is Tyson Berry's production down on the power play this year for any reason that I can discern. And so far I can't. Um, actually, I'd be curious to, to appeal to some of our Oilers watchers uh, amongst the the listeners, if you've seen anything different about the way the power play is set up that sort of takes Barry um, out of the play as much as he was in it last season, because his, his points participation rate is down, but he's shooting more often, he's shooting from better spots. Um, so I'm not, I, I can't tell. It Actually, might just be bad luck. Like it might just be like he's doing everything the same as last year and just for whatever reason yeah. it's still a small sample size. It's just tricky because last season was so awesome. Like that's the high end of what I would expect for Tyson Berry on the power play. And now we're seeing the low end. So I mean the obvious the, like the easiest solution is to say, well, he's probably somewhere in the middle, um, which puts him maybe around, you know, 55, 60 points. And I just uh I'm not sad. Like that's probably the right explanation, but I'm trying to figure out some more so if anybody watching that edmonton power play ha- like night in night out has some insight to share i'd be very curious to hear it because i'm not seeing any obvious reason why tyson barry's power play production has taken such a big hit this year his role is the same like he get, he sees the same amount of ice uh, he seems actually more involved in the offense and things just aren't happening for him i guess the way they were last year uh, but his own shooting is good it's just like he's not picking up as many assists. His goals per 60 on the power play is the same, but his uh, his assist rates have, have sunk. And that's why his production has sunk too. So uh, does Tyson Barry suck? No, I don't think so. I think like 
for Barry to suck, you'd have to be in Keith Yandel territory, where it's like power play specialist, uh, you know, 40 points, 45 maybe, a point every other game, useless the rest of the time. Uh, I mean, Tyson Barry, it's a bummer. Like, his, his shot rates have gone down for the year on the whole, but he still, like, looks okay overall. Like, more, so it, like, good enough that I think it's pretty hard to say that Tyson Barry sucks. Okay, so classic patron cast where we're done the first question out of 22, and that took us 20 minutes. So if we continue with this pace, we're going to be done in about four hours. So strap in. Uh, all right, so let's go now to Ranton and Raving, who asked two months in, and I'm contemplating how the season has been going so far. Again, this is almost a month ago now. Uh, first time in a 14-team league. Here's a list of players I have dropped. Am I a terrible GM? Here are the, the players. So Andre Palat, Jack Hughes, Boone Jenner, Ryan Hartman, and Joel Farabee. Any feedback, or is this just how it goes? So yeah, I found this very interesting because I've been in 14 team leagues like for a while, like a couple is a 14 team league. But yeah, it must be weird going from shallower leagues to deeper leagues and you're used to like letting go of like a Farabee or a Palat, you know, as soon as they go cold. Because if it's you're in a shallower league, there's always like better options. And even like a 60 point player isn't that special. But yeah, these names, obviously, most of them look like bad drops. Some of them are excusable. Like Ryan Hartman, like never was you know, it depends obviously when you dropped him. It's like Ryan Hartman's career high point pace was 35. Now this year he's got 26 points in 30 games and is just destroying night in, night out. Uh, like, I would be very sad if I, like, I could have obviously had Ryan Hartman and didn't take him, but I guess it's not as bad a feeling as having dropped him. Though it's like, it should be, right? He was in my free agency for a, at the start of the season and I could have grabbed him. So what really is the difference between you and I? So I wouldn't beat myself up about that. I guess though, Brian, in general, because we actually have another question that I thought was interesting from uh who was that question adam k so it's uh, related right in cupful or leagues with similar setups what's a bigger flaw being a manager who drops players too quickly or being a manager who's too slow to drop players i know brian you've been talking about this whole season how it was like new season new brian right and you were gonna be like faster to drop so it almost seemed like in your opinion it's almost like a better strategy to be faster to drop but then obviously that is gonna lead to some bad drops so now that you've been doing new season new brian for a few months now like where do you stand on this right now would you rather be the person making drops that you end up regretting or being the person who holds on too long to jonathan taves and semin varlamov well yeah so that's the problem right because i held on i picked the wrong guys to be patient with uh like i had lucas raymond at the start of the season it wasn't looking promising after three games so i made a move and honestly i I feel like most other managers would have too after those few games and then like you know if you like a lot of I, I might have picked him up and said oh now it's my turn to give him a shot and see if he catches lightning and there he went you know I also dropped like I had Jonathan Quick and I and I held him a while but eventually I'm just like well I can't just have him get one of every two starts for LA and that's when he started getting more than one of the, every two starts for LA so there's there's two aspects to being patient right it's being patient with the right guys and not the wrong guys and to be impatient with the right guys and not the wrong guys. Um, so the, the, the ones that, um, Ranton and Raving mentioned were Andre Palat, who like, uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Jack Hughes, like had a rough start. I think I would have been more patient with him, especially in a 14 team league. Boone Jenner hasn't really had a cold spell. Um, he's someone that I wish I had added. I, I remember staring at him on a Sunday, hoping I th- he would make it to a Monday when I had a move left to add him. And he didn't. Um, so <laughs> that was a bummer for me because Boone Jenner has not been cold 
all year long. Um, he has gone no more than two games without a point in a row. So, uh, like, and even that has happened rarely. So and probably the games that he does go pointless, he's probably still giving you shots and hits and all the other good. Yeah. Players. So like for me, I just want to know more. It's like, well, how desperate were you to clear that roster spot at the time? Because usually, if I'm streaming someone in and they're producing, they're sticking on my roster. Um, and Boone Jenner has done that. Ryan Hartman has done that. Joel Farabee has not. So you know, I like. I think uh, I think you went you won some of these and you lose you you lose oh my gosh you lost some of these I think it was okay to drop Palat and Farabee but Hughes Hughes was you know amongst the coldest of this group too but he's also the one with the most upside and and all of New Jersey seemed to be struggling a little off the bat so Hughes Jenner and Hartman would be the ones that I I would have uh, yeah that I will chide you for not holding on to I guess if that's if you're asking for judgment there it is. Sure. I mean, but it's obviously tough. Like, uh, like Brian said, you need to know the context. I wouldn't beat yourself up over it, especially like, we don't know how you're doing now in the standings. If it, if your team is doing well, then obviously yeah. that's a good reason to not feel bad. If you're like at the, in the basement, then maybe you might think of what could have been if you held on to some of these guys. By the way, Brian, you say Jack Hughes has been a little cold. Like, actually, he's was has he's been pretty consistent all season. He's just like actually pointed since the last two games. It's more he was just injured for a stretch, which was really annoying. And uh, I actually picked him in our keeper league like i felt like too high like a bit of a reach but i was excited to get him as a long-term keeper to keep eight and uh, then he got injured and it was like you know ben's league with like no ir spots of course just to make it extra tough and annoying which which uh of course to be fair we didn't expect the covid stuff even before the covid stuff i had patch and jack hughes both injured and it was just like oh my god so frustrating and hughes came back and then now he actually has been kind of slow since he since he has come back aside from a couple goals uh but now i traded him so now now i get to look at him i guess with fresh eyes like he's someone i wanted to keep but i got an offer i couldn't refuse but uh, hughes is a uh, is interesting right because i expect him to be like a superstar this year and like from what you've seen so far it's only been 13 games he's got eight points in 13 games but new jersey is just like not as good as i hoped but yeah. also they've had like injury trouble <laughs> so i don't know like where where are we landing right now and what to expect i'm just curious like jack hughes for the rest of this season if you don't mind a, a impromptu you know, projection question here. Sure. Well, the reason why I said he was cold or that, you know, he'd been disappointing is Jack Hughes since coming back from injury has just five points in 12 games. And for anyone like you who is burning roster space, hopefully they weren't, but uh, if you were burning roster space or you had someone like Boone Jenner or Ryan Hartman on your roster and Jack Hughes got healthy and you're like, I need to make room for this guy now. Uh, you'd be pretty disappointed, especially, by the way, if your league counts uh, plus minus. He is, uh, he's had two minus four games in his last four outings. He's minus 11 in his last five games for, for what that's worth to you in your leagues. Um, yeah, this season hasn't been as successful for Jack Hughes as we hoped it would be. He's actually doing his part. He looks fine. He's actually been involved in every single goal scored while he's on the ice. The trouble is that not very many goals at five on five are being scored while he's on the ice. His on ice shooting percentage is just above 5%. So I think uh, we're we're seeing a, a good season from Jack Hughes, but it's being disguised by some bad variants right now. So I think I'd put him, you know, at the start of the season, we were hoping for a 70 point kind of upside for Jack Hughes. Not sure he'd hit it, but thinking like that, that's possible. 
I would downgrade that a bit and probably put him somewhere around 60 points as my like most uh, not most optimistic, but as a as an expectation that's on the optimistic side of conservative. How's that for for couching my 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 bet here? Yeah. The thing, so, the interesting thing is also we haven't seen like because Mercer really came on right, and now Mercer's yeah. gone cold, and they also have Nico Heischer who's been injured. Like I'm curious to see, and I know there's been a couple games when Heischer and Hughes and Mercer were all there, and then I think it was Heischer that went to the wing. Like I'll be curious to see once they're actually healthy for long enough, which we'll see if that ever happens. I I'm interested. I just want to see like what New Jersey's going to do with those Lions. Like I feel like this team shouldn't be as bad as they're doing. Like I. I will blame it a little bit on injuries. Like, Blackwood's been hurt. Like, I don't know. The whole thing is just uh, falling apart a bit, and I'm curious to see how it shakes out. I think that there could be a higher upside, but we'd have to see kind of, like, you know, who clicks with who once everyone's actually around. So then, there, by the way, there's a follow-up question here. Uh, Kevin asked, you know, Rant and Raven gave us this list of players, including Ryan Hartman. And then Kevin followed up, Hartman or Horvat in a bangers league? Which then someone else was like, can you imagine having asked that like a year ago? Which is true. Like, things change quickly. So Ryan Hartman, once again, 26 points in 30 games. He's been playing on a line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Well, that's actually just because, uh, well, Joel Eriksson X is like injured now. I think he wasn't even playing, Eriksson X wasn't playing with those guys even last game but i guess it's been changing around a bit but now with Eriksson Ek potentially out long term which is obviously sadness because he's been having an amazing season himself especially in bangers leagues uh but yeah so hartman if he's going to stick with zuccarello and kaprizov and this question was asked i think even before he was playing with those guys plus hartman has been playing on the power play with zuccarello and kaprizov and he's hot like uh i like bo horvat as much as the next guy and horvat's actually hot himself five points in his last four games as part of this resurgent canucks team that all of a sudden under bruce boudreau figured out how to score again but who horvat's been playing with jacobson dickinson and nils hoaglander recently and of course on the top power play where he's getting in on some points but uh i don't know Brian. i'm taking ryan hartman and it's honestly easy for me at this point to make that pick especially in a bangers league yeah, I'm not going to argue. Like the the one reason to like Bo Horvat more would be that he sees more time at even strength, or at least he has so far this year. But as you mentioned, the the most recent deployment favors Hartman on the line he's on, and Hartman actually just recently saw a season high 23 and a half minutes in his last game, almost 24 minutes played. I wonder if that was also, like, I'm not sure what Minnesota's roster. Yeah, that must have been like. due to the Erickson Eck injury and them having yeah. to tighten up the and, bench. Yeah. And whoever else might have been out for COVID. Um, yeah, because he started the year playing, like, in the 14, 15-minute range and has crept up into the 18 to 20-minute range for most of the last month, almost, and, uh, you know, I, I would have said his big Achilles heel would be like he's he's never even when he's playing in a top six role, he wasn't getting top six minutes. But now he is. And on that top power play, he's been there for the better part of the last seven or eight games. So I I don't see what's not to like. He had that 10 shot game uh, a couple weeks back against who was it? New Jersey and has a, has has added another uh, couple five shot games since. So Ryan Hartman seems like he seems really legit. Like I'm looking at all his numbers and if I was seeing this on, you know, if I, and I said this earlier in the season when the first times we looked at him, like is Ryan Hartman for real? Like cover the name and this guy's good. You want him on your fantasy team. I don't see him benefiting from like any super random variance. Like his on-ice shooting percentage at five on five. Yeah, it's high, but 
he's doing really well and like much more than he's ever done before. And his shot rates, expected goals rates, uh, and line mates and ice time, they're all up there in places they've never been before. I feel like he uh, leapfrogged Andrew Kopp as being, you know, like that mid-sixer who we sort of are, are familiar with from time to time, uh, getting an opportunity to step up and break through. And uh, yeah, I totally think it's for real. And I think Bo Horvat's upside, like Bo Horvat is a, is a good player. And we've liked him around the 60 point range, but I see, like, I'm concerned that he's going to get there this season with his current situation in Vancouver. And Ryan Hartman seems like uh, an above a 60 point player. So I will take Hartman too. Yeah, it might be the kind of question where everyone listening is like, obviously Hartman. But a reminder, this was asked on November 26th. (laughs) Uh, Hey, everybody, this is Elon from the intro once again, jumping in here because I recorded the intro. I even recorded an outro. I was putting the episode together. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I think our podcast network, Blue Wire, is going to want us to put that ad break in here that we normally do. And I took a look on the Blue Wire site. And they're like, guess what? You're doing an ad about TickPick again, which is great because we love our friends at TickPick. So I'm just going to quickly stop here midway through the preview of the Patreon cast to talk about our friends over at TickPick. Uh, like I said at the start, we're going to be getting some hockey back soon. And obviously, they're going to be selling tickets for these games. And if you want a chance to go see some of your favorite players as the NHL games get more and more important, as the playoffs are approaching, then you're going to want to buy your tickets over at TickPick. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all tickets for NHL hockey, concerts, NFL, NBA, and more. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NHL hockey tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find a better price for the same seat on another ticket site, TickPick is going to give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So you can't go wrong. You might as well, when you're looking for your tickets, start at TickPick. And then if you want to look somewhere else, that's fine, because they're going to match the price and even give you a bonus if you can actually find something better. Okay, so once again, if you want to get tickets to an upcoming game, visit TickPick today at TickPick dot com slash carlson as an eric carlson maybe the best carlson that's a fun conversation that we could start bringing up once again uh that's again tickpick.com slash carlson and uh we'll just cut to another quick ad and then we'll be back with the rest of the patron cast preview in just a moment you're listening to keeping carlson okay so next up we've got mike bogdan zero uh, CCCP to complete the nickname on Discord. So on November 27th, he asked just for fun, out of all players 80% or higher rostered, who do you have the least interested in rostering? So that was a fun question because I that one I was like, I want to look right now because then it'll be fun to go back on the Patreon cast and see how I did. My answer at the time, and it's all documented in the Discord, I said Tyler Sagan, who was at 86% rostered, he's no longer above 80%, but at the time he was, and Mike said, love that, stoked to see how this ages, and he's that his answer will be Matt Duchesne at 81%. So I don't know Duchesne, if I should. I checked. Duchesne is at 76% now and Sagan is now at 78%. Yeah, though to be fair, Duchesne has gone down because he's injured, I'd imagine, and not because yeah. he slowed down in his production. Well, he did only have one assist in his last four games before getting injured, but uh, I think that Duchesne hasn't yet turned out to be, like, you know, like after he guessed Duchesne, Duchesne went on a run of like points in four straight games I'm seeing. So probably uh, he's not someone I'm too worried about. But Tyler Sagan, I don't want to say I'm happy to report because like I was right, but at the same time, it's a bummer for him. Uh, since then, he has only three goals 
what is it like 12 13 14 games depending on when you want to start the count uh he uh has not been great like he did score a goal in the last game versus minnesota yesterday the only game of the night and he took four shots in that game he had five shots the game before so sagan we're seeing some more shots from him which is nice uh but of course if i'm picking between him and all the players above 80 percent rostered i would definitely take everyone else over sagan which is a bummer but anyways that that's that was then this is now and so we can check now. To be honest, I looked and I'm curious to get your answers, Brian. I didn't see any real like forwards that I'm like straight up I'm worried about in the top like it, it, over 80%. I, fe- I saw a few defensemen like that maybe I would question depending on how deep the league is. Like Mackenzie Weger at 92%. He's been great for like some peripherals, but like he's not getting the points that he had last year. Uh, Matt Dumba at 80% had a really great start and has slowed down a little bit. So those were the two names that jumped out at me. Like, did you see any forwards in that list that you're like, uh, you know, jumped out at you as like the answer of who you're least interested in rostering? Well, so I went through the list and I made a really big one. So I'll just name them and their percentages in order. So I had Dumba at 81, Giroud at 81, Barzal 83, Besser 83. Wait, wait, is this just, what is this a list of? A list of just people and their percent rostered or players you don't like? Or what is this a list of? Sorry, this is a list of the players I'm least interested. Like I did a cursory look through the list of players who were uh, rostered in at least 80% of leagues. And I was like, "Um, who am I not sure I want? Okay. So Giroux, you potentially don't want Giroux? He's been really cold lately. Has he? Well, like all of, yeah, all of Philly has. Since they got the new coach, he's got eight points in his last nine games, pal. Oh. Since uh, Mike Yauk took over, uh, Philly's a, a whole new team. Okay, he's got 25 so I, points in 29 games on the year. So I was looking at what he'd done in his last 30. Okay, so I must have just been capturing, because like, he went through this period where he had five points in ten games, and uh, like he was shooting, like which was good, but he still wasn't scoring. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, right. I'd be I'll curious to get, back. like, <laughs> Hartman you have there as not being interested. Oh, yeah, no, we just no, I, that was an, that's an accident. That's an accident. <laughs> <laughs> How about just, I'm curious to know your actual answer. We don't need, like, the well, list no, of my, all, like, my yeah. an- Well, okay. All right, go, I, go for I it. I have go a for process it. here. Let's hear it. Uh, but if you'd like to tell me that I'm wrong about any of my other choices, <laughs> uh, please interrupt well, I'm me. I'm looking at this list. Yeah, Elias Pettersson, you're not interested in rostering? So, Elon... I made a pass-through, and this was my list of the pass-through. I'm not saying I'm least interested in any one of these guys yet. I'm saying, okay, if I assembled a roster of players who I was least interested in, over 80% rostered, it would be Dumbut 81, Giroux 81, Barzal 83, Besser 83, Oshie 85, Terry 85, Palat 86, Burns 87, O'Reilly 87, although I'm taking him out because he seems to be okay lately, Krug 88, Uyghur, 92, Barry, 93, Patterson, 92, Haskinen, 94, and Nugent Hopkins at 94. Because, like, you have to have one high guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. So what, uh, So did you end up, so what was next in the process? Okay, so the next part of the process was to say, okay, of these guys, who would I be the most interested in dropping? Like, here's my first my first draft. Uh, oh. who, am I, who am I least, in, like, if I had to drop someone from this roster I made? Um, and like defense was the easiest one for me. Like I would, I would drop, like, I, I'm not interested in Burns. I'm not that interested in Krug. He's been so up and down in his power play role there. Uh, Barry, you already covered Haskinen. I mean, like, it's not like I have to pay a lot, like I'll roster him, but 94% rostered is a, like, seems pretty unanimous. Like he's ahead of some other guys that I'd rather have. Um, so if I'm putting it that way, I, I'd look at those D, but of course, and Dumba, of course, at 81. Um, 
but yeah, if I'm picking a forward, it's hard. I think I've so, got my answer. Well, so I, I had Pedersen and Besser there just because of like, you know, what if they can't turn it around in Vancouver? That that was my concern, um, which like I, I think they can. But again, I have to pick one of these guys. But I think I'm actually going to go with Palat. That's what I was going to go with. Oh, okay. There Fun. you go. So, yeah, Palat is the guy I'm least interested in. Like, I feel like he got drafted in a lot of Yahoo leagues, even though, I mean, anyone who listened to us warning everyone, like, hey, he's just going to go back. He's he's turning back into, a, like, the pumpkin version of Andre Palat because he's losing all that power play deployment because Kucherov was back. And then, of course, that's not what happened. But Palat hasn't been able to capitalize the same way that he did last year. So he is the one from this list that I would be least interested in rostering. And uh, Elon, I thought you'd definitely throw shade at me for mentioning Troy Terry, but he's just been cold lately, too. Um, I think he was cold. I think you're li- like, I'm not sure if you when you prepped this patron cast. Troy Terry lately hasn't been cold. I think uh, if I look quick, carefully... I'm just bringing it up now. Yeah, he has three goals and one assist in his last three games. But uh, before that, he did go on a streak of three games without a point. So that's probably what you're referring to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, with Palat, it's interesting, right? Because he's obviously been decent, maybe better than I expected oh. to be after I dropped him in a cupful. Oh, yeah. Just for the record, Troy Terry had gone 11 games with only four points. And right, now he's yeah. he's on a roll. He's scored, you know, three times on his last n- nine shots, which is great. And, like, I I still believe in Troy Terry, but it's just been a really tough run for him. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. I mean, uh, Troy Terry's probably not as good as his 30 points in 31 games, but it's nice to see him still, like, picking those shots. He had a stretch where he was taking, like, zero or one shots for, like, three games, but now he's back to, like, five, six, three shots yeah. recently, which is nice to see. Uh, okay, with Palat, it's like Kucherov's going to come back, which is probably good for him at even strength, but then he might lose that power play spot, depending on what Tampa Bay wants to do. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But uh, you got to pick someone. Okay, that's a fun question anyways. Fun to look through it. Uh, next up, let's go to Adam's question. Adam K., the writer of the Cupful newsletter. That's very funny and awesome every week, and we definitely recommend people should be reading that. Uh, if you want to have fun, I mean... Just say, I, I don't mean to pressure you, but I, I enjoy it. Anyway, okay, great job, Adam. So this question. In couple. oh, we already asked this question. The players, what's a bigger flaw, to drop too quickly or to be too oh. slow to drop? Did we, yeah, what did, was the answer in the end? Um, well, I think it was in... That, you said, like, don't drop the wrong players. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't think, honestly, I have gotten it wrong both ways. And I've gotten it right both ways. So I think uh, it's, a, like, I don't know. I don't want to cop out. I think... I think I've probably lost out more by being more patient than I should have been uh, rather than rushing. You know, I've I've actually been thinking lately about how the fantasy season is like, you know, it's divided into portions. And there is like there is a tipping point moment, probably, uh, you know, around the 20 game mark where like the waiver wire is just bare. And there's like not even a guy that's up and coming that you can take a swing on. It's just like ugly. There's nobody that's gonna that that looks like they're at all a, a potential long term candidate on your team. Whereas in the first twenty games, it's like, oh, is this guy? Is this guy? Is this guy? And by twenty games in, everybody's like, I feel like all the all the you know shooting stars coming like breaking out. They're all gone. So I and I think that's a really key part, like to have a contending team, uh, like a, for the championship, you need to grab or you need to you need to be close to grabbing. 
I well, okay. You either have to have a really amazing team, or you do need to 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 better your team by grabbing some of these uh, super hot guys that do turn out to be amazing, like your Troy Terry's or your Trevor Zegras's or or your Ryan Hartman's right off the top. So I think being too patient is uh, is the bigger mistake than being yeah, I- not patient enough. I think I agree with you. Like, obviously, you're going to have some bad drops that you regret, but I think it's probably better to just be aggressive and keep hustling because it's like, yeah, you're making some drops too quickly, but you're also making, like you said, Brian, some good ads. And hopefully overall with the churn, you end up winning as long as you're like putting some thought into your ad drops. Also, keep in mind right now, there's going to be a new segment to the season because right now, F free agency is probably especially bare because everyone has full IRs because of so many players in the COVID protocols. There's so many players rostered right now. I can't wait for everyone to get healthy not just so that like they're healthy i i hope that's true but like it's going to be so fun to just see players get dropped and dropped and dropped into yeah. free agency it's going to be a real uh rejuvenation because right now like if every cup cupful team has their four ir plus spots filled what's uh, that's 56 players who are gonna like a, a large majority are gonna have to be dropped into free agency at some point so i'm, I'm looking forward to that influx it's going to be a smor- smorgasbord of just like available free agents. We'll see if anyone makes any bad drops there, holding on to a player on a hot streak, dropping someone like, uh, well, I don't know. I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. I've got like Mark Giordano, who I feel like I've been holding for too long. He kind of stinks. So I'll probably drop him, but maybe someone will benefit from adding him. I guess it depends. Um, I, do we have a question about him at some point? No, nah, I won't bug you about Mark Giordano. He's been too slow to even be worth discussing. Plus, we were only four questions in out of 22. So let's go next to Justin's question. Can you give some trading tips and tricks? I find it almost impossible to trade in a league without draft picks. Uh, so <clears throat> definitely I can. Uh, Brian, did you have any trading tips and tricks you wanted to throw out first? Or if not, or can I even say something before you give the tips and tricks? Yeah. You don't have to trade. That's all I'm going to say is like, I think a a lot of people feel like you need to trade in order to be successful, but it's like work free agency. There's lots of ways to be successful. If you're having trouble trading, then just be like, fine, nuts to you guys. I'm going to just go find gems out of free agency. But with that said, there still are ways that you can benefit from trading. And I know Brian is, is a pro at it. Uh, no, I'm not a pro at it, actually. I've made very few successful trades in the last few seasons. And like in like a couple, especially the ones I have have been uh, like, you know, sometimes you get far enough. So one tip is that sometimes you go, you get deep enough into ne- into a negotiation that you feel like, like you were just suggesting, Elon, that you shouldn't feel, but you feel like something has to work out. Like you've put in the legwork, this other person put in the legwork, you can't just walk away. And then sometimes you end up making a deal for the wrong reasons and uh, doesn't help you. So the reminder that, yeah, you don't have to deal. My classic piece of advice for trading and also for asking us for advice on trades is um, instead of like, thinking about a trade i i've this is one of my greatest hits everyone's heard this uh who's who's been listening to the show long enough but before you think too far about a trade just send a note to the other manager and see how amenable they are to trading a player and seeing if they might name a player on your roster that they're interested in 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 return rather than you having to guess or finding out what their needs are um that's a good way to at least save a lot of the like wasted time although some people like uh, coming up with some crazy offer on their own and then i guess my only other trading tip is uh, to have a to have a buddy have a trading like a, a buddy that you can go to and be like hey here's the trade i'm offering do i look crazy if i'm offering this like 
am I overvaluing my players a lot, which is often my problem, Elon, and uh, you're my you're my fr- breath of fresh air in that respect. So have somebody who can like stop you from sending an insulting trade or stop you from accepting a trade you shouldn't. Like have one other set of eyes because um, it's really hard to see your lineup in an unbiased way when you're trying to trade. So uh, those are my trading tips. Yeah, they're both good. Like, it's really interesting. Like, I feel like there's so many tips I've heard over the years that I think we've had a good one on the podcast once that I really liked about, like, don't be afraid to lose a trade. I forget who told us this. I know Dave has mentioned this Was before. Dave? But I think, yeah. But I feel like, like that other people also brought up. But I think it's a good point that, like, if you ma- you're making a trade, some people feel like you have to win every trade, like, by a lot to make it worthwhile. But if you lose a trade, like, let's say you make a trade that you thought could have gone either way and you lose, that makes you someone that people might be more interested in trading with moving forward. So it's, like, not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you don't want to, like, tank your season with a terrible trade. But if you lose by a little bit, like, don't beat yourself up. Think of it as an opportunity now to go back to the person like, oh, you really got me on that one. Uh, now I could make uh, want to make another deal. And people will feel like you're someone who, you know, you're not just a shark who's always, like, ripping people off. Uh, one thing I've noticed people do, uh, <laughs> present company included, is, like, I would say don't hurt your reputation by saying in your league chat that you have certain players up on the block that are clearly like the players you're likely going to drop if no one is interested in trading for those players. Because then I think then people, I've done this before in my dynasty league. I just feel like you lose a lot of respect and then no one, I don't know. I feel like there's little vibe things about like, are you someone that people want to trade with? And I feel like if you're just like offering up all your worst players, that if no one makes you an offer that you're just going to drop them anyways, people will start to learn. Well, why should I trade with you? I'll just wait for you to drop these players. So you're almost like giving a signal. That's something that's come to mind, but I don't know. I could give, uh, I, I wish you almost asked like a more specific question. Here's okay. One more thing that I think is really useful is on most platforms you can just look at all the teams in one view. There's like a rosters view on Yahoo. So like, let's say you need a goalie. Just you could try to target a team. Like look through each team, see who has like four goalies. You know, and like someone who clearly has an abundance of the position you need and then reach out to that person. And maybe you could even do a, a lot of legwork, right? You could like look also look at that team and be like. This person looks like they could use a defense. They only have three D and they have four goalies. I need a goalie. I should offer this person a D. You know, you've already like figured out the trade that kind of makes sense. And I think that's a good way to make something happen is you already tell, because yeah, like Brian said, obviously if you could just ask the person, what's, what do you need? Like, what do you want? Then that's like, one way to start it. But maybe the person's like, ah, I'm too busy. I know sometimes people ask me like if I'm up for trading and I just have a hunch that like it's not going to go anywhere. Like, um, so I'm just like, make me an offer. And then they like disappear, you know? So it's almost like if I go to someone and I'm like, I see you need a goalie. Uh, uh, you know, I have lots of goalies. I, I see that i need that you know you could sort of like figure it out and try to offer something that you think is like try to think of it from their shoes is there a reason why they would want to make this deal try to come up with a deal that both works for you and them unless you're just trying to rip someone off in which case i guess i don't know you could do some like manipulation and just be like wow uh, mcdavid really slow lately don't you want ryan hartman instead who's it i don't know like obviously you can try stuff like that but i'm not going to advise on those because yeah if you have like dumb people in your league then sure it's easy to just you know when panarin was slow early in the year pasternak's been slow a little bit lately yeah you could go make trades for those people and do buy lows but most leagues are with smart players where you can't do stuff like that 
But I guess uh, if, we, if you do want to do that, then it will be go to the people at the bottom of your league standings and then try to right. trade with them because they're probably <laughs> right. the less least smart. But then that's how you get your trade vetoed. Right. And or that's how you like just start a war in your fantasy league where everybody's mad at each other and then like someone else tries to rip off someone else and then it just becomes a race to who can win the most rip off trades, which is a brand of fantasy I have played and it is my least favorite brand of fantasy hockey. Shams in the chat also adding that one tip is like if you're looking to if you know you're looking to move a player um like take a minute to look through the rosters of the other teams and see like where would your player fit you have his player at a certain position what team is lacking a player at that position um and Mm -hmm. that might also save you some trouble yeah, really good tip. I feel like, yeah, like maybe just look through all the teams every once in a while. If you want to just make like a weekly ritual, just see. Maybe there's a team that just for whatever reason is really shallow on right wing. Like maybe they just had two right wingers go on IR long term and all of a sudden they like have five left wings and only two right wings. That's a team you could target and just be like, hey, I can see you could do some right wing. And then, you know, you, you could work something out or maybe you even get a small upgrade because you're helping them with a the positional need. Okay, next up, let's go to Mops, who asked, are your spouses into hockey or fantasy hockey at all? What are their thoughts on the podcast? My spouse has recently started a podcast of a game I have no interest in, but I'm trying to be supportive. That's nice. Okay, this is back to Elon in the present. We're going to cut it off here. Hope you enjoyed that 35 minutes or so of our patron cast from last Tuesday. Brian and I, I don't know, we let loose a little bit on that show and we have a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, you could definitely check out the rest of the show by becoming a patron of Keeping Carlson and then it'll all be available to you on Patreon. So that's at keepingcarlson.com slash patron. Uh, But that's all for me. Let's uh, cue the outro music, I guess. And I'll just let you know that we're going to be back with another regular episode soon. And hopefully the NHL will start being able to roll a little bit more regularly. So you're going to want to be subscribed to Keeping Carlson to get all of the content we have for you over the next few months. Brian, myself, Ben, and Lewis, we're not stopping. So make sure you're subscribed by going to uh, your podcast downloading app or wherever you go to listen to stuff, Spotify, wherever. Subscribe to Keeping Carlson. You'll get every episode as it comes out. Uh, That's it for me, though. So until the next show, just remember to do everything you can to make sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone.